from app.com, it's time to talk college hoops in the Garden State. Welcome to Jersey Jump Shot. That's right, it's time for Jersey Jump Shot. We're talking college hoops in the Garden State. Ryan Ross here with Jerry Carino, Steve Edelson, Chris Eisman, Burt Bainbridge will join us in just a couple minutes to talk Final Four. And uh, we are wrapping up a sad but proud run for St. Peter's. Of course, they fall in the Elite Eight uh, to North Carolina. Their miracle run is over, but... No doubt about it, the Peacocks made history, made a lot of people here in the Garden State very proud. They gained a lot of new fans along the way, and obviously it's it's tough to lose. It's tough to get knocked out of the tournament, but certainly St. Peter's, a lot to be proud of for all they accomplished this March Madness. Uh, Jerry and Steve, you guys were in Philadelphia for these games. You saw the big win over Purdue in the Sweet 16, and then, of course, yesterday, Sunday in Philadelphia, St. Peter's, Losing to North Carolina one step away from going to the Final Four. But, Jerry, we'll begin with you. Just this incredible run for St. Peter's, seeing it in person as well. How can you just kind of put this entire history-making few games for the Peacocks into words? I'm going to do it by reading ten names. Daryl Banks, Clarence Rupert, Matthew Lee, Casey Nadefo, Hassan Drame, Doug Eddard, Jalen Murray, Fuseni Drame, Isaiah Drasher, Dasher, and Umar Dahame. These 10 guys, the 10 players in St. Peter's rotation, will be celebrated, remembered, toasted, congratulated, and reflected upon for years and years until they're old men when they come back to the boulevard in Jersey City for what they've accomplished. When you begin a college basketball season, you make predictions. When you start a postseason, you make predictions. Nobody could have predicted this. We all thought St. Peter's would be good. We thought they could challenge for the MAC title. But New Jersey's first Elite Eight since 1991, it is just everything that is great about college sports. And you tip your hat to those 10 guys, to the coaching staff, starting with Shaheen Holloway and his right-hand man, Ryan Whalen, to the entire St. Peter's Athletic Department, who who squeezed, uh, wrung the sponge to get everything they could out of what they had. And this is what makes it great. Did they go to the Final Four? No. But let's be honest. This was, in, a, in essence, for a school like St. Peter's, this was like winning a national championship. Yeah, I think what made it so compelling was how big an underdog this team was from being a small school, under-recruited, under-appreciated players, uh, you know, taking down some of the blue bloods of college basketball, you know, and, and I just think it was an important story for the whole area. Really one of the most fun stories I've ever been a part of. And I was at three of the four giant Super Bowls. I was at the Garden the night the Rangers won the Cup in 94. This really was right up there with all of those. I mean, it was, it was so compelling, and it really united the whole area. And that's really rare. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of divided loyalties around here. You know, there's, there's, there's Giants and Jets fans. There's Mets and Yankees. There's Devils and Rangers. There's, there's Rutgers and Seton Hall. But, like, everybody got behind this team in such a rare display of unity uh, and that's what—that's the beauty of it, the power and the beauty of sports. And I want to just share one quick anecdote. Steve remarked on this yesterday during a timeout. Look, the game was was long decided. It was decided early against North Carolina, but there was a there was a timeout when the St. Peter's cheerleaders came on, 
and did their routine. And, uh, you know, they, they got a standing ovation, not just from all the St. Peter's fans, from the North Carolina fans. And, like, Steve, that's what it's about, right? I mean, this is this is sports bringing people together. Like, this was a quintessential moment. And to see how much of the crowd during the course of those four games, everywhere St. Peter's went, you know, the crowd was behind them. You know, they were from from coast to coast. People were getting behind this team, not just in the New York metropolitan area. And it was great to see. And, you know, as you said, St. Peter's really trying to take advantage of this moment in the spotlight. And I, I think it really is going to help the school and uh, just just great for the whole community in Jersey City. Yeah, I had I, I had tweeted something a couple of weeks back that they they could reap a hundred million dollars worth of publicity from this run. I mean, they they probably did. I mean, they had eight they had nine hours of free airtime on CBS, you know, prime time most of it, and not to mention be all the New York media market converging on them. And so I think it will be transformative for the school. I certainly think it'll bump their enrollment, and we'll be watching that going forward. I was out watching the uh, game against Purdue, and I, I don't think I've ever seen just everybody at the bar and the restaurant so locked into a game. I mean, it was really incredible and and everyone was pulling for them and, and kind of going back to what you said, Jerry and, and Steve, I mean, just everyone was back in them in New Jersey. It seems like no matter where you went, I know you guys were obviously swamped the last few days and doing a great job covering the team, but you know, going up around here in Jersey or North Jersey, I mean, it seems like you, everywhere you went, you could hear people talking about St. Peter's and obviously that's, that's been the first time for that school. So it was, it was pretty awesome. It was really amazing just to see the the universal embrace of St. Peter's throughout this run. You know, it started small, I guess you could say. You know, they're they're hanging in there against Kentucky. You're starting to see the the tweets go out there. What's going on here? And then, of course, they win that game. They win again and then again. And just to see St. Peter's mania grow, putting Jersey City on the map, putting really New Jersey college basketball back in the spotlight, like Jerry said, it's been since 1991, since we've had a New Jersey team in the Elite Eight. And then you have, um, you know, just the history of it. And and like Jerry kind of mentioned, it stings now, of course. And, you know, the moment at the end there when Shaheen Holloway pulled his starters out, pulled his, his main rotation guys out for the last time, they huddled on the sidelines there. That was an emotional moment. And, of course, these guys, they had proven that they belong in this moment. They they had proven they can hang with these teams. So to have it end like that, sure, it stings. But every reunion now going back, every time they're in the home arena and they see the banner hanging, every March, every time an up to, uh, you know, we see an upset from now on in the NCAA tournament, people are going to hearken back to, to St. Peter's, the 15 seed that, that beat the two seed and went to the Elite Eight. So forever, as long as March Madness exists, they're going to have a place in it. And like I said, it, it hurts now. It stings now for those players because they desperately wanted to go to the Final Four. But to have their name forever in history, uh, you know, they maybe don't comprehend it quite yet. But moving forward in March, they'll always be the team that gets mentioned when we do have an underdog go on a run. And that's that's special for them. Yeah, they definitely didn't comprehend it. I mean, there was they were just mad about the game, Steve, yesterday, right? I mean, that was the vibe you got. They were upset they lost. I don't think there was there was not a whole lot of reflection on what they accomplished. There will be, of course. Mm-hmm. But they really they really believe they could be in the final four, which is how they got that far. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I think that what you saw over the last two weeks was really great for the league that St. Peter's plays in the Mac, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, you know, which is also Monmouth and Ryder and a lot of teams from the area, Manhattan, you know, that was an ultra, 
ultra competitive league this year. You know, they have been rising for the last few years since Shaheen Holloway got there, since Rick Patino showed up. And I think this was the culmination of that. You know, this St. Peter's team that came in, they were a good team. They were playing well and they were battle hardened by the time they got to the tournament. And I think a lot of people are wondering, too, you know, after this run ends and and we kind of reflect on what they were able to accomplish What's next? What's next for this St. Peter's team? Of course, you always have the shuffle in college basketball. Of course, your seniors graduate and move on. You have the transfer portal. You have the the added, I guess, uh, uh, factor of where does your head coach go? And we think we have a pretty good idea of that. But uh, just looking ahead to St. Peter's, you know, it's it's rare you see an underdog with staying power. And I think maybe the best example, the example of that is Gonzaga. I mean, once upon a time, they were the underdogs. And now look at them. Of course, that's that's kind of one in a million. But, you know, you see these schools, you see these Oral Roberts and UMBCs and these underdogs have that special moment in March. And then, you know, do you hear from them again? Does this St. Peter's team have staying power as we look ahead to next season and beyond? What comes next uh, for the Peacocks, Jerry, in your opinion? Yeah, well, they're not, they're never going to be Gonzaga. I mean, there's not, it's not, the money's just not there for that. Uh, First of all, this basketball team may have helped save the school because this, you know, the school was in trouble financially. Like a lot of small private colleges, the school wasn't doing great after the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic enrollment, all that sort of thing. Uh, This is going to really help. So, uh, you know, stability is the key, right? So, that's why I think as Shaheen Holloway, as we all expect, uh, moves on to become the head coach at Seton Hall in the coming days, uh, you know, and it's going home to his alma mater, which makes a lot of sense for him, for Seton Hall. And for St. Peter's, it's about continuity. They have a good core of underclassmen. Like most of this team, are, they're juniors. And so how can they keep these guys together uh, when the, you know that the transfer portal poachers are coming, the people are coming to poach them, and so continuity makes a lot of sense, which is why, you know, we, we don't know for sure, but which is why there seems to be momentum behind uh, Ryan Whalen, who is Shaheen's right-hand man, to get the torch. And Ryan's a Monmouth County guy. He, he is coached with Shaheen uh, at Seton Hall. They came over to St. Peter's together. And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense for continuity purposes. We'll see if that's how it plays out. But uh St. Peter's a good team. Like they can keep this group together and sustain it a couple more years. There's no reason why they can't be a, a contender to win the MAC year in year out. I think that's what you hope for for this team. You know, we're going to see them in the Elite Eight again. I don't, you can't say that, but we certainly could see them in the NCAA tournament again, and that's something they can use as a springboard. You know what's happened the last couple of weeks. That's the big news, of course, coming out of this as this run ends. Shaheen Holloway looking like he'll be the next coach at Seton Hall. Jerry just. I mean, in terms of the Pirates, as as they're kind of transitioning from Kevin Willard to Shaheen Holloway, uh, continuity there as well. Uh, talk about this hire. I mean, this is a big hire for Seton Hall to get the hottest coach in college basketball. Yeah, none of the none of the current Pirates played under Holloway, but he recruited some of them. Uh, he knows them all, and uh, yeah, continuity like that's what keeps programs in the in the hunt. That's what keeps them relevant and keeps success sustained is that you're not just turning over a completely emptying, you know, draining the sink and starting over every couple of years. I mean, this is a continuity hire. Uh, Shaheen knows the lay of the land. He knows, he knows everybody, all the key power brokers in recruiting. He obviously can coach. There's going to be a lot of enthusiasm. So, so it's, it's, it's a lot of torch passing going on here. And that's a sign of, of a successful, stable program. 
And that's happening in a couple places now in New Jersey. You know, I think it's very interesting with Shaheen going there. I mean, look, Kevin Willer did a really nice job there. He reestablished the program. He got them to where they're very competitive in the Big East year in and year out. Can Shaheen Holloway take that program to the next level now where they can challenge Villanova maybe for that title? It's going to be very interesting to see because what you've seen from Shaheen Holloway with that energy, with that defensive intensity he's going to be preaching, with the recruiting job he has done, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly where he can take that Seton Hall program now. Yeah, that's a good point, Steve. Like, they've, Seton Hall kind of has plateaued at a good level. I mean, making the NCAA tournament every year is a good pl- place to plateau. Yep. Can Holloway make them a contender to really go farther? And, you know, we I mean, the signs are pretty positive based on what you've seen, but it's not going to happen overnight. You know, he's not going to get Seton Hall to the Elite Eight next year. Uh, it's going to take time to, for him to put his imprint in the place. But, you know, he did it in St. Peter's in just a couple of years, so you got to be optimistic that he's going to be able to do the same thing at his next stop at his alma mater. Certainly will be interesting to see what happens at both Seton Hall and St. Peter's. But as St. Peter's, of course, wraps up the season, just an absolutely historic, special moment. I know we had a lot of fun talking about the Peacocks. I know all the millions of new fans, the bandwagon fans they gained over the last few weeks certainly enjoyed the ride. So as we said, you know, it stings now to lose like that. But looking back, just an unbelievable moment unbelievable historic moment and and they deserve congratulations for for everything they were able to accomplish as a 15 seed out of a tiny school in jersey city just an incredible sports story uh as for rutgers uh chris we have some news as well for the scarlet knights as they start to look ahead to next season and they will do so without ron harper jr yeah ryan this was expected um but it obviously became official on Wednesday um, when he announced that he was declaring for the NBA draft. Um, He could have come back. He had another year of eligibility remaining, but, you know, I think the the whole expectation was all on that he was going to go, you know, to the draft. And and I think after that loss to Notre Dame, there was definitely a feeling of finality that that was it. Um, So I think he's got a real shot at being drafted in the second round, but, you know, just an incredible career, obviously at Rutgers came in as an, you know, unheralded prospect, but somebody that Steve Peichel obviously um, wanted for his program, believed it was the right fit. And, and, you know, boy, did that turn out to be the right call. Um, just completely helped turn around that program along with guys like Geo Baker and Caleb McConnell, um, as you know, became the 11th all, all American in program history. will go down as one of the best pro players that ever played for Rutgers. Um, just an incredible legacy there. And, and, you know, certainly we'll, we'll be watching to see, you know, what his next steps are in terms of, you know, his, his NBA future, but, uh, certainly, you know, an incredible career and, and, um, you know, Rutgers is going to look very different next season. And I think he's. I think Ron Harper is going to probably is a very good chance to win the Haggerty Award, which goes to the best best player in the metropolitan area. It's an award that dates back to the 1930s. It's very prestigious. It's a big deal. Uh, the voting will be taking place over the next couple of weeks. Rutgers, I, I believe, has only had two players ever win it: Phil Sellers and uh, and Quincy Doobie. I think that's it. So yeah, he's got a good shot to win that. He's got a good shot to get drafted in the second round. Now all eyes turn to Caleb McConnell. Uh, another senior who has a, a fifth year if he wants it, and uh, I expect that he, we'll be hearing from him soon. Wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, also dips his toe in the NBA draft pool. But uh, with you know, with the option retaining the option to come back, it's a possibility. You know, we'll have to see how it plays out. I do think there's more of a chance he comes back. We we do believe we've seen the last of Ron Harper, but it's possible McConnell will come back. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out, but that's the time of year we're at. And it's a good, listen, it's a good thing for Rutgers when they've gotten to the point where they have players who are on the NBA draft and pro basketball's radar. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's the yearly shuffle that we see at the end of every season where players and coaches move on to to the pros. They move on to different schools. It's what we see every season. But similar to what we were just talking about with St. Peter's and the names of those guys on the roster now, how they'll kind of live in St. Peter's lore. I mean, Ron Harper, he's got to be a guy who will live on in Rutgers lore as kind of the face and the leader of the Rutgers resurgence that we've seen in the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up in the NBA and to follow his pro career. But again, just kind of the offseason shuffle well underway here in the Garden State. Princeton, Steve, they got some good players who have to transfer because they're grad, they're grad scene going to be grad students. Well, yeah, and I, you know, you look at Jalen Llewellyn, you know, just a dynamic guard. Ethan Wright, they're going to lose those guys. Um, you know, even in the FDU had a bad year, but their best player, Brandon Rush, looks like he's going back home to Youngstown State. So there's going to be some players leaving, but as always. There's going to be players coming back to the state too, so we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, you know, it, it, there's a shakeup everywhere, uh, all over the country right now with the transfer portal, and it's going to be in New Jersey as well. That yeah, has to hurt for Princeton as well. They're so close to making the NCAA tournament, the best team in the Ivy League in the regular season. They lose in the Ivy League championship game, and now uh, they'll have a little bit of a ro- roster shakeup as we look ahead to next year. As for our final four, it is all said. And just as a quick programming note, our next show will come to you Tuesday of next week. We usually broadcast on Mondays. We'll be coming to you Tuesday next week to react to the national championship game. But we have two two seeds, a one seed and an eight seed. Uh, Blue Bloods, I guess you could say Villanova, a new Blue Blood if you want to get technical there. But Villanova and Kansas on one side, Villanova two, Kansas the only one to make it to the Final Four. And then, as if it was scripted in Hollywood, of course, it's Duke and (laughs) North Carolina on the other end. Duke the two, North Carolina an eight, but obviously playing much better than an eight seed at the moment. Coach K in his final season, the first time these rivals have met in the NCAA tournament. Uh, A a lot of storylines, a lot of uh, really interesting matchups to watch. We're going to bring in real quick Burt Bainbridge, our sports betting analyst from NorthJersey.com. Albert, as as you look at this Final Four uh, from a betting standpoint, what has your attention and what are some uh, some plays that you're interested in? Yeah, Ryan, of course. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you know, obviously they know that this – you know, both these final four matchups, uh, the Jayhawks, they open at four and a half point favorites and so did the Duke Blue Devils. So um, obviously it should be some entertaining uh, games here. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think they'll both be uh, great matchups. One of my favorite plays is probably the North Carolina uh, Duke game. Obviously, it's going to be a great matchup. Coach K's last season, obviously, uh, you know, North Carolina obviously spoiled uh, Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor this year. But the over-unders at 150 and a half. I-, I mean, I really like that over in that game because I think it's going to be close, competitive. Duke's gone over that number uh, each time. I I think that spread's really tough. I mean, I I could see a scenario where the Tar Heels do pull this one out because, um, honestly, this tournament, nobody's had an answer for uh, the uh, Tar Heels forward, uh, junior forward Armando uh, Bacot. He's had, you know, of course, yesterday against St. Peter's, you know, he had 20 and 22. He's had a double-double. He's had, you know, he's been carrying this uh, North Carolina team, so Duke's going to have to have an answer for them. So I think four and a half, it's it's really close, but I think uh, in the other matchup, I really like the the Wildcats here uh, with the four and a half points. Um, obviously, it was tough. You know, Justin Moore, you know, he got in, injured in that game. and came out. He tore his Achilles. So, you know, that's obviously that's not great news for him. They're going to need guys to step up. But Jermaine Samuels, he's been great. He's had 15 in each game this tournament. He's been, you know, one of their leading scorers so far. So I, I think there's a chance they could pull the upset here against the um, 
against the Kansas Jayhawks. But I mean, I think they're both going to be great games. But um, one of my favorite bets has to be the um, Duke North Carolina game going over there. And then for title odds right now, Duke set the favorite right now at plus 150 on Tipico. Um, the Jayhawks are not far behind at once plus 175. So obviously they see it as it's going to be a Duke Kansas final. And then down the board, they have Villanova at plus 450 and then rounding it out. North Carolina plus uh, plus 500 here for to uh, win the tournament. So I wouldn't mind. I mean, I think if North Carolina does get past Duke um, in the final four this coming weekend, I, I don't mind maybe sprinkling a little bit on them now at plus 500 to win because I think they would have a chance um, at the title if they could get past Duke here. But um, but obviously the favorites here are Duke and Kansas. So uh, it, you got to go with one of those two, I think. But Villanova, I mean, you can never count those guys out. They've, they've played tremendous so far this tournament. So those are those odds. So I think right now my favorite pick for this weekend has to be uh, has to be that over-under in that uh, Duke and North Carolina game. Well, great stuff there, Bert. Of course, uh, our numbers coming from Tipico Sportsbook. And then Albert, you know, of course, he cr- crunches all the numbers and everything like that. But with the intangibles at play for Duke, and we talked about this way back in our first episode of the NCAA tournament, just the potential for Duke to go on a run. They look like they had stumbled a little bit. As Albert mentioned, they lose that last game at Cameron to these rivals, the North Carolina Tar Heels. And now here they are in the Final Four. Of course they are, Jerry, because it's Coach K's last season, and of course this happens. I mean, if you're if you're a blue blood uh, hater, which there's plenty out there, especially when it comes to Duke, this Final Four has to have you ripping your hair out. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good uh, Final Four for as far as brand names. I mean, that's always that's always a good thing. You'd love to see the sleeper in there, but listen, these are these are these are big time teams. The drama is going to be tremendous. I want to just point out, and Steve could mention, go into this a little bit more, there is one local guy playing in this thing for Villanova. And Steve, he's going to have to take on a bigger role for Villanova now that Justin Moore is out. Yeah, That's Brian playing. Antoine, you know, the the ex-Ranny school star, the, the, the all-time leading scorer at the shore. Um, you know, he's he's had injuries, but... Now is his time. As you said, they're going to need him. They're going to need him in big spots. They're going to need him to play minutes. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. And I know there's going to be a lot of locals, you know, hanging on Villanova even more now w- with that scenario. I got to tip my hat to Villanova and Jay Wright, who I think is the best coach in the sport right now. We know Coach K has the most rings and has a distinguished career. But who gets more out of his roster than Jay Wright? With maybe maybe one NBA player and Justin Moore, he has made a fourth Final Four. I mean, he just they just you can see them outthinking Houston on every possession in that regional final. Uh, really, the, what would the Big East be without Villanova and Jay Wright after realignment in 2013? You know, the naysayers said this is going to be a mid-major league, and you can't say that. Because of Villanova and Jay Wright. So what a tremendous job they've done. I, You know, I, I thought they could win the whole thing. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen now with Justin Moore out. Uh, boy, it's tough to pick them to advance with such a key player gone. They don't have a deep roster to begin with. But I would say it's probably going to be Duke, Kansas. And Duke, listen, it's everything's turning up Duke's way right now. The storyline that nobody wants except Duke <laughs> fans and certain members of the media, Coach K going out with a sixth championship. It would be a great, a great story, but there's going to be a lot of people pulling against it. But I have, I have to pick Duke over Kansas in the championship right now. As much as I want to take Villanova, I don't know shorthanded that they're going to be able to do it. I got to tell you, I've got half of my final four predictions still alive. Nova and Kansas 
I had UCLA and Gonzaga. Mm, that didn't work out, but uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I really, I really like Villanova. I, I like Colin Gillespie, even with the injury. I, there's just something about what they're doing at Villanova. I mean, they are kind of the underdog in this thing. You know, they're not the, 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 the power five program. They're, um, they're, they're shorthanded. I, I, I'm, I, I had them to, to win it. I'm going to stay with Villanova to win it. Chris, how about you when you look at this Final Four? I'm going with Steve. I like Nova beating Kansas, and I like Duke beating North Carolina, and then I like Duke winning it at all. Something finally breaks right for Coach K. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> finally that guy catches a break, you know? Well, what else did say after that? <laughs> <laughs> finally you know he works so hard he finally catches a break but no i agree I, I i'll go with you too chris uh you know i think villanova does get past kansas kansas kind of weirdly flew under the radar it seems like all year i don't know if it's it's a kansas thing you know they're out in the middle of the country but uh you know they're certainly a talented team but kind of the intangibles that come with villanova i know they have a key injury but uh you know jay wright leading that team getting the most out of his players uh i'd like them to advance past kansas i like duke over north carolina they get some revenge for spoiling coach k's last game in cameron indoor and then Oh, man, a toss-up. Uh, you know, I, I picked Villanova in one of my brackets. I'm just going to stick with Villanova. But, of course, it's Coach K, and it's this Hollywood-scripted ending to his career, so it wouldn't surprise me if Duke wins. But I will officially pick Villanova in the Final Four. And, of course, the next time we talk, as I said, will be Tuesday, our episode uh, to wrap up the season, to wrap up the national championship. We'll come to you on Tuesday as we react to that. But uh, that's going to wrap up. Jersey Jump Shot, our 14th episode of the season, number 15, coming to you next week. It was certainly a fun ride following St. Peter's the last few weeks. A big shout out to the guys, Jerry, Steve. They were out in Philadelphia writing nonstop about the Peacocks. Just an excellent job from them. Uh, thanks to Albert and Chris as well for following college basketball and uh, all the great work they've been doing. And thank you for listening to Jersey Jump Shop. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the final four. Uh, enjoy what's left of your bracket. And we will talk to you next time on Jersey Jump Shot. Jersey Jump Shot is a production of the Asbury Park Press and USA Today Network. Subscribe at app.com.